Hi, this is Holes of Mark podcast show, and I am talking to Octavian Hollow. And who is Octavian Hollow? Well, in the 17th century, there were many that fled to the New World to escape England and all the king's taxes. There was also a smaller group that only wanted to safeguard their wealth for the king, but from the poorer Praetorian neighbours as well. A small group of settlers set up by their New England home in a desolate area surrounded by miles of wetlands making it difficult for outsiders to invade. If that was enough, they had a pack of a coven of witches that cloaked the village from outsiders in exchange for a custom estate of their own and a promise of protection from being. This bargain lasted a good spell, and in the time a child was born in the coven who grew into a very powerful warlock called Octavian Hollow. His conception was believed to be the result of a union between a young witch and a demon that posed as a settler. This child was Urbino in a fright to behold, so the coven kept his existence a secret for the village of Heaven Falls. This coven was also charged with the duty of protecting the scalp and horns of a defeated demon, the owlish-looking Jaguar. One day Jaguar employed the aid of a flux, a travelling priest called Father Grimm, who had designs of robbing the wealthy residents of Heaven Falls. Grimm stole from the town, and framed the coven, who was quickly taken into custody to be tried and executed. In a desperate attempt to save his coven, the abandoned bastard child, Octavian, took up the power of Jaguar's horns to free his family. Octavian was forced to surrender in exchange for the coven's freedom and was executed. The village went back to on their word and executed all but one witch that managed to escape. She summoned Octavian's from his grave, his power and rage was unlimited. He exacted bus walks upon the village. Jacob confronted Octavian in an attempt to claim his horns and power, but they both perished in perjury. The remaining witch freed Octavian's spirit by casting him in the form of an owl. The power of the dagger gives those who have come in contact with it to cover Octavian and Grimm to to reconstruct upon their demise. Memories of their past lives are buried, but eventually surface of time. At least one witch must remain as the watch terror for the rest of the cover to keep their memories alive. Octavian's burial place is a secret that's contained to keep the horns affixed to Octavian's skull safe from any secret about their power. Octavian's spirit was trapped in the form of an owl for centuries until one point in the 1960s that the regenerated coven attempted to instruct him. His soul was freed from the owl form, yet the location of his hidden remains remained a secret. Octavian has little knowledge of the events of the past, and the rest of the coven tried to keep it that way, fearing he was to reunite with his hidden episode body. His remains, all hell, would literally break loose. Octavian keeps peace in the grounds of Haven Haven Falls is now a cemetery. The town of Haven Falls has since been depopulated by a small, by a small community as it's still difficult to communicate in and out commune commune in and out of the town and remains uncharted on any New England map. Octavian made many supernatural friends in the cemetery. At one point he wondered why the cemetery was getting vandalised in weekend nights. Apparently some of the undead had discovered a nearby house at broadcast horror shows. The cemetery residents were later to have nights airs from their moves 
and later will sleepwalk in the path of the destruction. Octavian tracked down the source and discovered a small-scale horrors called Dr. Pooh, Boo, who was generating a cable access show called the Haven Halls. Falls Shadowbox Theatre from his cellar. Octavian confronted Dr. Pooh, who was struggling with the show's ratings and promised that he would fix Boo's show by hosting the, turning the horror into humour, by messing around with films and making them comical. This not only kept Boo from being cancelled and losing his job, it also moved Cancel Carter moved to the cemetery residence and graveyard destruction stopped. By hosting the show, Octavian discovered there were many other supernatural types of horror hosts that might know where the location of his hidden remains are. He's crossed paths with Bobby Gamunster, Halloween Jack, the Bone Jaggler, Stash Cooper, Vincent Grimley, Bone Death Head Daddy, Chuckles the Cl- Clown, and many others in an attempt to unite him with his hidden corpse and buried memories. And hi, Octavian, how are you on this hallow day of we which we talk to you of your presence? How do you like doing your hosting? Is it how did how how do how do you go about it? I'm a great fan of the old Hammer horror films. Oh, me too. I love them. I I, I, did, I had to introduce the um, Tales of the Crypt for Bobby Gabunster, and that's one of my favourite films of the Hammer horror series. Hey, because he's got to- Tom Baker in, who obviously knows the Doctor Who. So you know that, that was a pretty good reason, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was very much fun. Tom Baker's my favorite Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, I I like the fact that he always had jelly babies on him. Oh, excuse me. He always had jelly babies on him. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm kind of curious what 
Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch it. I don't mind the fact that it's a female. I think it, it doesn't matter about change. I think all this kick out was a bit silly. Oh, with um, the um, one who was with uh, the old doctor, uh, uh, Olivia yes. Coleman. Is that the one you're thinking of? Yes, 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 yes. That is it. With uh, David Tennant from Broadchurch. Yeah, yeah I was trying to remember the lady's name. I thought, da, 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 yeah. It's it's this time in the morning. He's trying to remember names. It's like mm. I noticed that. You, when, when, I imagine when you have to do your show. When you get ready, I imagine that takes a lot of time to get ready to prepare for your show. Oh, yeah, it does. Um, the, the makeup and the costume in itself takes a little over an hour, but there's so much more work, and it's pretty much a one-man show here. And I have to get the lighting and the cameras and the, the sound and, and my prompters when I use them and, and check. And it really is a process, and it's painstaking. It's a day-long process just to, to do segments just for one episode. That's why I usually try to do segments for multiple episodes while I'm under the, under the cloth, so to speak. It's better that way because your bit keeps your brain more in gear, doesn't it? What's that um, one they did? Um, oh, I can't remember the film. They d they did a old science fiction film, and they did a completely stupid um, voiceover over it. Oh, I can't remember it. Anyway, it's basically along the lines that they were going to get pizzas and 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 um, they had a bad time. It was like really bad traffic traffic or something like that. Uh, I can't remember the film. It's just completely gone out of my head. But so many with bad boys, so it's gonna be <laughs> I know. Uh, I don't mind it. I, I quite like the fact that you twist them around back because it doesn't matter because, I mean, people, can, people don't realise that some of these films are very old now. I mean, you look at Bela Lugosi as Dracula and you see the back go down on the zip wire. Very, very slowly. And you can tell it's a rubber. And you can tell it's a zip wire. <laughs> well, you're not destroying the original films. It's, some people get very, very offensive, and it's like you're defacing a, a, a work of art, which you're not. I, if anything, I feel like I'm, I'm uh, helping to regenerate more interest in watching the films. Usually they see what I've done with it, and you kind of want to see what the original look like. It's exactly. I think that that's what people do. They probably look at it and think, oh, I'll, I'll, probably, I'll sit down and watch the original. I wonder what that's like. I mean, you look at when you get a DVD now, but they used to, you used to go to a film and now you get the documentary behind the film and a documentary behind the documentary about the documentary of the film. I think it's just going too far. And I, I like you, I like to do. Um, uh, I think I like to go into the art of voiceovers. I'm trying to get into voiceovers, you know, like doing voices and things. Oh, yeah. 
Because I like doing it. As you know, may know, I like to muck about a bit. I like to do improv. I, I'm, I used to do my own sort of improv comedy show on the podcast, which I called Behind the Scenes of the Holes of the Mark Show. And basically it was um, inspired by a series called Barbie Rehab, which is on YouTube. Because uh, I interviewed a lady called ben, uh, Vanessa Benoit. Look it up. And um, and uh, basically that inspired me to think, oh, I could do a, a web-like series for podcasting. I'll, go, I'll do it for three minutes. And it basically be what comedy comes in my head. If people don't like it, fine, I'm not worried. Because I'm only going to do six episodes per season. I did 13 seasons before I ran out of ideas. Because it, it, it is hard to come out with different concepts, and I, I, I can appreciate your how hard it must be for you sometimes. Do you get inspired by the actual quip of the film? Say you see a clip and um, you've got Dracula sinking his t- teeth into a maid, and you can say, "Oh, that uh, looks delicious. I wonder if her blood. I wonder if her blood was full of champagne that night, or something like that." Have you got a, a skill in it, you know, you're a trained editor, or did you have to learn it the hard way? Good idea. I mean, I think there's quite a few. I don't know if you're a fan of apps or not, but there's a, quite a few apps you can do things like that with. As I say, I, I, I admire that skill. As I say, that's why I like, I try to do improv. You may have noticed I try to do a bit of improv. 
and a little bit of comedy now and again. And I, I love doing reading stories. I like reading stories because it's a good chance to do voices. I, I did a, a version of Winnie the Pooh, the book, and it, it, it's, it's lovely to get, I could get into the character of Piglet and Donk, I said, oh no, poor old Winnie the Pooh, it's hard being a donkey, here I am again, woe with me, that kind of way, you know, because he sounds like that, he sounds like, oh I'm really down, now, and Piglet says like, oh my god, hello Pooh, what are you doing today? I'm really excited to see you. Have you got any honey? And I know you can, you can, uh, you can nail poo, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got that voice down. Yeah, I like poo, yeah. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, like a... Hello, everybody. I'm, I'm Winnie the Pooh. I like to be... I like to go trailing along as I go bumpity bump down the road with Christopher Robin. And Christopher Robin threw me in the river. He wasn't a very nice boy at all, really. One day I shall get my revenge on him. That day will come. Or something like that. Oh, Christopher, I need a honey fix. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I mean? It's so easy. It's easy to um to get involved in a project and start off like a simple idea and extend it. And and I imagine that when you come up with your uh, ideas, do you have to write a little script to yourself? Oh yeah, yeah. I um, I I really admire. There's a lot of horror hosts that can just um, improvise on on the fly. And when I'm comfortable, and if I I know the group of people really well, like you know, at my job, I I can jump right into that easily. But when I'm not familiar with uh, the people's styles, I, I do need to fall back onto a scripted uh, process because, you know, that, that's just my process, that's the way I've always done things, um, you know, coming from theater, I, I like to working off of a script and, you know, just, you know, not, not being to the nail, but just always having that security and confidence that I know it's going to be saying, and then I try to force myself to forget what I'm saying, so it comes out more natural. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with scripted. I mean, sometimes that's how, it's the, it's the restrictions of the show sometimes, you have to do that. Yes. It's not, it's not your, I mean, it's, I mean, people say, I mean, sometimes some, what people call improvised isn't improvised. It's all been seriously thought out well before they've done the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like, um, you know, some of those improv shows or, you know, those, uh, whose line is it anyway? Or the oh, yeah, that was all pre, pre done that way. They already knew oh, what they're saying. I mean, I like the fact, I, I know recently that uh, Burt Reynolds uh, died, and they said that the Smokey the Bandit, the original script was absolute cack. It wasn't even worth the paper it was written on. So basically, the, the director let him ablib most of the whole film. sense of humor. I mean, it is 
is it is a loss. It, it is a shame that we lost him recently. Yeah, it's one of my favourite films because of that reason. You can see that they're having a really good time on that film. They didn't care if it was a success, they just wanted a bit of fun, didn't they? They just wanted to make take the mickey out of themselves a bit. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Now, if you was to come up with a concept for a horror story for a podcast, what would you start it off like? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, I've always, I'm intrigued with, uh, with true horror stories. I mean, where there's multiple witnesses. I mean, that's the type of podcast I would like to do. So, like a real life event of a real horror? Oh, excuse me? Like a real live event of a real horror? But a bit, a bit like um, uh, Jack the Ripper, his last case, the last victim. He he licked all the guts out, uh, cut the pieces, did lots of mutilations. But that that was the last known case. Obviously, that was. Um, but there is they they reckon that Jack the Ripper now was a woman. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen the Chronicles with um, Christina Ritchie, oh, right? Yes, she? yes with the, uh, yeah, that was that wasn't too bad, but that was uh, definitely uh, dramatized and and you know with the characters and the other sister and Jonathan Banks and but um I, there's a new movie out. There, there was a TV movie about her uh, years ago with uh, Elizabeth Montgomery who played Bewitched and. Uh, so it was a very powerful television film that just kind of sticks with you. Yeah, yeah but number underrated actress. See, because because of Bewitched, I imagine she was typecast. Yes. Oh, yeah. She was a fantastic actress. But that's the trouble. Do you find that if I mean, obviously, you can hide behind your makeup a little bit. So obviously, yeah. people may not know what you look fully when you they see you. So you kind of like it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a good. I think that's a great thing. I I've not, I I think that concept is a brilliant concept. That's why I hi, I hide behind the mic. So I'm doing the same thing. So there's no difference. Well, that's what my my wife says. I've got a great face of a mirror, but it keeps cracking. Boom. boom. <laughs> And uh, how do people find your show? If they, they, they was going to w- want to watch you, how would they find you? Uh, I, I think I, uh, I get a lot of good feedback, uh, mostly for uh, not so much, I don't think, I think more for the actual show. 
because like I said, I do a lot of crazy things, sound effects, music, and, and it's not just like random, you know, like I, 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 I um, limit myself. I don't just throw anything out there just because I can. I try to make sure every little bit I do has some kind of purpose and you know, like a comedian with their timing. You know, they're not going to just say every joke they know off the top of their head. They're going to say the right joke at the right time. And that's what I try to do. And I think that's what people come back at me with after they see the show. They, they like some, some of the craziness that happens during the movie. And like I said, also, I think it inspires people to want to revisit the original. Have you got anything out there that people can look at that you've done in the past show or they can ever look at and see your work? Oh, that's a good film to take the mickey out of that. Look at my fingernails. Why are they so long? I can't see anything at all. It's too hard. I can see that you enjoy what you do, and you're, I would call you a perfectionist. Is it, that's okay? I think it's... I, I can be a little picky. If I, if I wanted to be more perfectionist, I'd be trying to shoot for the, uh, the Lucasfilm uh, quality or the, uh, you know, the, the top-grade CGI. But I do keep in mind that this is late-night horror host TV, and I try to keep true to that style. And, and a lot of times, I'll actually down my effects so they they, they fit the, the, the feel of the, the old style VHS you know late night watching uh, because if, if you if you throw a caption or a graphic on top of an old grainy film and, and the caption is crystal clear it just throws you off right away but if you kind of blend it in a little bit you kind of mind can trick yourself that it's actually meant to be there but if, if if someone wanted to become a horror host what would your advice be It's just, 
that, that's what everybody asked me when I first thought it, you know, came out on the, um, on the, on the streaming. They were like, why, why, why would you want to do this? Because it's fun. It's, it's an opportunity to utilize multiple skills and talents that you've acquired through your, your life, rather than be graphics or music or scripting or acting and directing. Uh, it, it's just, it's, uh, it's a thankless, financially thankless effort, but... You enjoy it. That's the point of it. You, I can see that you, through when you're talking about it, I can hear your passion. Oh yeah, you wouldn't just no, because you wouldn't just you're basically showing them again in the style of taking the Mickey, which most people do anyway. You take a Mickey out of these films all the time, but you're just making it yeah. obvious. for you, if you ever need someone from Britain to do a voiceover, please give me a ring and I'll do one for you. No problem. Uh, just give me give me some things and I'll send you some. Just tell me what you want me to do and I'll, I'll do them. If you use them, you use them. If you don't, you don't. I'm not going to worry. That's no problem. I, I, I like, because I, I, as I say, I, I, I like to do it because it is fun. It's just... It's just been a chance of being silly and not worry about it. And we gotta have fun, especially when you get on in age. You people, you know, we get up in our age, in our 40s, 50s, 60s. We don't want to grow up yet. We still don't want to grow up. And now, in this day and age, we have the perfect opportunities to still be kids. You know, we have all of our superhero shows, movies, and, and horror shows, and, and, and Comic Cons, and it's a great time to be an adult because you can still be a kid. I think there's some old, um, I'm not too sure, Superman films out there that are public domain. I'm not too sure. The old ones. Steve Reeves, I think. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that, that yeah, that might be an in, that be an interesting way you could do a horror version of a superhero. We could call him what could we call him? The not the night the night demon. Yeah, supernatural man. I was born on a dark moon. The moon was so dark I couldn't see nothing at all until I used my laser lights. And blinded the animals nearby. But they didn't mind because I ate them for my tea. 
Tell me long that lies. As you can see, I, I'm on your sense of humour. I can, I, I like your style. So. And I would definitely do that for you. If you want me to do anything, just send me a line. And I don't mind, I'll, I'll do anything. Even if it's a line saying, Ugh! And as long as I get that... I, Done by Mark Gaines, uh, uh, Mark and the Gaines. That's all I require. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I just as long as I get little mentions saying, you know, like in the credits, uh, at the end of the film, you know. I like. I, I love. I used to think, well, why have they got all these credits? And I thought, hang on, if I got a little mention, I'd go, look, I'm in that film. No, you're not. Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. Look, there. To say, some voices were supplied by some idiot from the UK. <laughs> he, he offered to do this, but I just to put him in there, just to keep him quiet. That'll do. So you haven't been too bad. It wasn't as bad as you thought it was, was it? Uh, no, so I'd like to thank you. And what I should do is do a little bit of a neat sign-off. But I'll do a little bit special one for you. Because I think you're up, up for joining in, I think. Ready? <clears throat> Octavian, i like to be on your show. It was horrific, you know. I wasn't too scared. But what we said, I want to know before I go to bed, will you make my dreams a nightmare or not? Please tell me, my friend. <laughs> we will be there. Don't be scared. Don't have nightmares, little children. Otherwise, I'll have to come and eat you for breakfast. 